As Senior Director of Social, Equity, Opportunity, and Impact for one of the world's largest HR technology vendors, Heather Geronimus is truly a professional changemaker. But no job title could possibly represent her deeply personal commitment to transforming the lives of others. So if two and three people are impacted by a drunk driver in their lifetime, um, you know, that's you and your family, right? <laughs> like there's, it's, it's almost everybody. So I think um, when you want to, you know, turn your, your pain into purpose, it's important to translate how the thing that's causing you pain could impact somebody else. You are listening to the Community Hall of Fame podcast, a show that celebrates those who strive daily to make South Florida a stronger, safer, and more compassionate community. I'm Seth Levitt, the executive director of the Jason Taylor Foundation, and today, along with my co-host Rachel Smith, we are joined by the volunteer extraordinaire who began her lifelong commitment to service not long after she learned to walk. Heather, what seems to be a theme here in South Florida, you were born in New York, but raised in South Florida. That's certainly not uncommon these days, as we're finding out from multiple guests and, you know, neighbors and everything else. But walk us through that experience of how you built your relationship with this area, uh, really, I guess, starting as a young person. Uh, and then also, I always find it interesting that um, when people who have been introduced to philanthropy at an early age and giving back at an early age, and I think I read somewhere that they said that you started volunteering at like two years old. <laughs> Okay, so that's true, I think. Um, might have been three. But um, yeah, so I was born in New York, and like most people, apparently most of your guests, migrated to, to South Florida where my grandparents lived, and my dad got a tremendous job opportunity to join um, a nephrology practice here. My mom also got a great opportunity to work in elder care, elder social work here in South Florida. Um, so I did grow up for the most part in South Florida, even though I still claim New York, but I love South Florida. And really, my earliest childhood memories are volunteering with my mom. My mom still is and was then a board member of the National MS Society South Florida chapter. And before that, um, earlier on in her career, she wrote the grants for the first treatment center for MS. So, you know, oh, wow. really, I remember walking through, for those of you who have been around for a long time in South Florida, the Broward Mall when it was cool. You know, walking through <laughs> the Broward Mall as a, as a very young child, with you know helping my mom with the fundraiser for MS and it was called the ugliest bartender contest which was an in restaurant competition amongst bartenders at restaurants to donate their tips to MS for a night and the the promotional shirt said hug me I'm ugly and I was wearing like an adult shirt so it was like a dress and I was walking through the mall with a shirt that said, hug me, I'm ugly. And a horrified woman stopped my mother and me in the mall. So she shouldn't be wearing that shirt. And, yeah, she's like uh, going to turn you in. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I described MS. You know, I said that it stands for understanding, giving, loving you. And it's a fundraiser for MS. And I talked about the fact that it was a neurological disease, which I'm sure I didn't know what that meant. But I was able to talk about, um, you know, advocate and advocate for a cause at a very young age. And that really is one of my earliest memories. And I always volunteered with my mom for MS and other things that were important to her. I still volunteer for MS today. Um, but, you know, growing up here and getting really engaged in high school at Pinecrest and middle school at Pinecrest, 
I led philanthropy and community service efforts at Pinecrest. So, you know, you all have community service hours to get and we would um, organize events where we could all go out and help, you know, at an MS walk or a beach cleanup or Covenant House. So, you know, really all throughout my, my childhood from that, that first moment that I described to, you know, high school and then even in college, I've been volunteering and, and helping underserved populations. So you went from doing that as a true child, mm -hmm. uh, volunteering in high school, and then you returned to New York to go to NYU and be a ballerina. <laughs> like, talk to us about that. Sure. So in here in, in South Florida and Pinecrest, I, I did uh, ballet and it became a passion of mine and I you know, wanted to pursue that professionally. So I was able to go to NYU full-time as a student um, for business and also study at the Joffrey Ballet School, um, which was a professional training school. Unfortunately, I never got to you know, fulfill my dream of being a professional ballet dancer full-time uh, because I had injuries that took me out of the game, but um, you know, still a huge fan and uh, you know, patron of the arts and uh, particularly Miami City Ballet here in South Florida. But um, I always believe that anything like sports, um, you know, particularly for this podcast or um, dance or these extracurricular activities that you do that take a tremendous amount of time, provide you with that kind of discipline to take on lots of things in college and, you know, as an adult, um, you know, gives you that, that kind of focus and mindset that will help you succeed in anything. So I, I think it's, you know, tremendous when people pursue the arts and, and sports and things like that outside of their educational pursuits. Despite her derailed dancing dreams, Heather was building a life in her native New York when she received a call that would turn her world upside down. In 2009, my, my dad was, uh, you know, still a nephrologist here in South Florida, and he was crossing the street on foot in Miami um, on Brickell, and he was struck and thrown 75 feet and, and ultimately killed by a person who was driving drunk um, in downtown Miami. And, you know, to, to say my life changed instantly um, is putting it mildly. I mean, it didn't all process at that time, but, um, you know, people with my last name are all related to me. My dad happened to be pretty well known. And, um, be became, you know, a pretty big media incident on top of being a huge tragedy for the family. And, uh, you know, we were really lucky um, to, and it's hard to think about luck in that time, but we were lucky to cross paths with a detective um, who's now a commander at MDPD who was, um, you know, she did everything she could to get justice for my family, but there's really not justice in this and um, we were supported another you know stroke of luck I guess was that Mothers Against Drunk Driving a charity that I'm very now very involved with but you know really didn't have much involvement with before um, that time you know came into my life and helped me get through you know the hardest time in my life with services victim services and support that I didn't even know that I needed so you know I in turn have gotten extremely involved with MAD and tried to kind of resurface this this issue of drug driving, which is, you know, I think, or I know at a time was very prevalent when I got my driver's license, there was no question that drinking and driving in South Florida was heavily prosecuted. And at some point when I was not living here, um, you know, it became less an issue that's less of the, at the forefront, which happens over time, um, different, you know, crimes and things become the thing that people pay attention to. But I thought that it was something that was really worth surfacing because it's 100% preventable. And, um, you know, we all have the power to not 
do it um, and to teach our kids not to do it. So um, I got really involved as a volunteer in that and I started a 5K that's raised a few million dollars here in South Florida, but more importantly, created a year-round conversation about the dangers of drinking and driving, which I think is much more important than the money raised, although that's important too. Yeah, I think it's all important. <laughs> all important, for sure. You're able to take something so tragic and turn it into something that helps other people. Do you have any advice for people who have gone through tragic situations that are that kind of need to have something good come out of something so awful? What's really important is that is using your story to inspire other people if you want, if that's what you want to do. You know, some people need to, you know, sit in their grief and, and deal with things in a different way. But for me, it was kind of immediately like, how do I fix something else? And what I learned along the way that, yes, this is my story. My dad was killed by a drunk driver. But the way that it became a bigger story was when you talk to like leaders of corporations to get them to sponsor, that it could be their story, right? So if two and three people are impacted by a drunk driver in their lifetime, um, you know, that's you and your family, right? <laughs> like there's, it's, it's almost everybody. So I think um, when you want to, um, you know, turn your, your pain into purpose, it's important to translate how the thing that's causing you pain could impact somebody else. Turning pain into purpose most certainly became Heather's mission. Not only was she involved with MAD locally, but she also joined the organization's national board of directors and began to impact families of victims and attack the problem of drunk driving on a much broader level. So I'm at the immediate past board chair. I'm actually wrapping up my board service next month, which is kind of crazy. I have been on the national board of directors since 2015. Unprecedented seventh year on the board. It was supposed to be a six year term, but I served as chair in the last two years. And just to ease the transition, we, I serve as the immediate past chair. And, you know, for so nationally, Matt has gone through a lot of changes. As I mentioned, the issue has ebbed and flowed as something that's important or something that's recognized. I think that as an organization, MAD did a lot, really great job marketing their successes, our successes in the early, late 90s and early 2000s. And people really thought that like we checked the box and drunk driving wasn't an issue on our streets anymore. And people kind of moved on mentally to texting and distracted. Now there's no, there's, it's not okay to do any of that on the road, but the stat, the facts are that, um, you know, a third, uh, so a third of, of traffic deaths are related to drunk driving. And, you know, like a third of those are related to texting or distracted overall. So drunk driving is still a big issue. It's actually on the rise because traffic deaths are on the rise right now. Um, so, you know, MAD is still more relevant than ever. And we've recently passed some important legislation that could end drunk driving using technology. Uh, but, you know, we still we still need this organization. And to answer your first question, Seth, when I started volunteering with MAD in 2009, there was no fundraising being done in Broward County. So we were supporting victims and we were supported and we were raising a little bit of money in Miami. And that's where the crash was. And that's where the team was that supported my family and myself. But there was nothing here in Broward County as far as infrastructure. There was victim support, but there was no fundraising being done. So, yes, it is significant that we started a fundraiser that's raised over $3 million in, in the last 12 years because there wasn't any support here at the time. And so, and of course, the more money we raise, the more educational programs that are completely free we can do and we can go into more schools and we can do more prevention programming. And we can support more victims also completely free of charge. And um, it has become 
the largest walk like mad event and it also has a 5k um so it's the it's one of the it was the first combined walk and run event which has become a model for a lot of other cities but it also is the largest grassroots fundraiser that mad has so senior director of social equity opportunity and impact that's a mouthful but it sounds amazing we definitely want to learn all about what that entails but let's take a step back it's 2010 you just moved back to this community and you're trying to manage all that we were just talking about and then this new career opportunity pops up. Uh, I was really lucky in that time to meet the CEO of, of Ultimate Software, which is one of the companies that created UKG, um, Scott Shear, who is a great friend to Jason Taylor, Jason Taylor Community Hall of Fame. I think one of the first honorees of the Jason Absolutely. Taylor Community Hall of Fame. And, um, you know, Scott and I got to know each other. And I think I probably told him the same story that I told you about volunteering with MS from a very, when I was a very young child, because at the time I was raising money for MS for, by running a marathon for, that was, I think I was running the New York marathon. And, you know, Scott said to me, I'd like to contribute to that. And I said to him, great, like, who's your corporate philanthropy person? And he said, just send it to me. And I said to him, I would like to have that job one day. And, um, I did not have, I was not hired for that job initially, but I was hired at Ultimate Software, even though I had no idea what the company did at the time. Um, after developing a friendship with Scott, um, I was brought in to support a sales team with, you know, kind of marketing efforts more broadly. And over the last 12 years, um, you know, 10 at Ultimate and two at UKG, I was simultaneously doing whatever my day job was and putting philanthropy into my basket. And, um, you know, Scott and, and our chief people officer, Viv, who had uh, responsibility for corporate philanthropy themselves until they retired, allowed me, I guess, to, to help them drive the strategy for philanthropy for many years at the, the last few years of Ultimate. And um, you know, when they retired, ultimately left that responsibility to me, which was no, uh, you know, did, that wasn't lost on me that that's what I said when I met Scott and that's what I got to do. Although I didn't necessarily want them to retire. So you can, you can have it, like stay and hang out with me. Um, and then, you know, uh, our company then not, uh, you know, shortly thereafter merged with a Massachusetts based company called Kronos and formed UKG basically during the pandemic in the early days of the pandemic and um, really am honored to be able to lead this philanthropic initiative which is not just here in South Florida and in Lowell it's really across um, the United States and also has a global components where we have global offices so it's really kind of the honor of a lifetime to turn that like three-year-old volunteer self into someone who gets to you know think about and strategize on how to make an impact on communities around the world every day and so my new role is really all about that um, I have recently um, you know left the marketing department where I spent 12 years and I'm so so grateful for Scott and for my leader Jody that um, you know part of her team for 12 years uh, but I am now part of our diversity team you know still looking at you know the strategic philanthropy but also you know looking at it through an equity lens how are we impacting um, you know communities of color and transgender communities and LGBTQ communities in general um, you know, all the work that we do has an equity plan. I mean, it's certainly what we do with, with the Jason Taylor Foundation and with so many different organizations is, you know, really helping underserved communities. And so really pulling this together with our diversity team is an amazing opportunity and really exciting. And, you know, like 21 days old. 
So it's an exciting time. <laughs> so, so I want to back up a little bit and kind of that last thing you just said, 21 days old. But And you mentioned the Jason Taylor Foundation. Obviously, we've built a great friendship and professional relationship through, uh, you know, what, what your role kind of was and certainly what it is now and what yeah. my role is. But there are hundreds, I have to imagine, hundreds of nonprofits throughout South Florida that know and love Heather because of the way that you've worked with these organizations, even though that wasn't in your job title or not directly in your job title. Mm -hmm. So how much of that, you know, just, you know, a decade that we kind of just ran through there, yeah. how much of that were you always, hey, I, I'm here for this, I'm here for that? Like, how, how did you get into that? And how did it become kind of your de facto role, even though technically you had this other responsibility? Like you said, your day job. To me, your day job was, oh, I'm going to call Heather <laughs> if I can't reach Scott. But, but that wasn't what your primary responsibility was. Yeah. Well, you know, they say that leadership is volunteering for the next level, right? So I was always volunteering for this job. And, you know, it's just, it's something that I was very, always very vocal about, um, that this was where my passion was. I, I, I never, not never, but I thought, you know, Ultimate was a company that was, we grew to 6,000 people, which was significant for a company that started 20 some odd years earlier with four. But um, I didn't know that Ultimate would become UKG and UKG would be a big enough company that you could have a whole team just focused on philanthropy. So I think, you know, setting my, my North Star on that and telling literally everybody that that's what I wanted to do when I grew up was, you know, it's how it happened. I mean, some of the people that I, I recently shared, I, I was doing this kind of scary thing saying like, I'm leaving marketing. And then people are like, oh my God, you're leaving the company. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's just, you know, fun. You know, I'm, I, I'm a little bit off color sometimes. So I, you know, so I tell people that and then people that have been, um, you know, with the co at the company as long or longer than I have were like, wow, it's what you always wanted to do. Like I was always speaking this into existence. I was always kind of, you know, volunteering for the volunteer role um, and helping to shape it, um, you know, with, and I can't take credit for the ethos that, that Scott and Viv had where the company had this strong responsibility to give to the community. I, like I cannot take credit for that at all. I can say that I felt very at home there when I got there, but, you know, adding volunteer days and creating national weeks of service, it, to your point, it wasn't it wasn't my day job, but we, I did it because I could see, um, you know, I've always been fascinated by the, the opportunity that companies have and people have if they're inspired by their companies to, to serve their communities. Heather is clearly inspired by UKG, but it's safe to say that inspiration flows in both directions. You know, we believe that the company has a responsibility. You know, a company does take a lot from an area, right? Like we have land and we have, you know, we have, we have employees here and we have to give back to that. And actually I hate giving back. I hate the idea of giving back. I like the idea of giving, not giving back. Talk about quotes. That's kind of the thing that I say is, you know, don't give back, just give. But you have to, you have to support the community that supports you, right? So our employees are extremely fortunate. Our benefits are second to none. You know, we get to work in these beautiful buildings or in our homes like I had today, you know, working on things that we, we love and, and creating technology that helps people thrive at work and, and you know, outside of work by extension. And it's just our, our duty to support our communities uh, because we can and we should. And so we, it's, you know, it's not, for PR, we do get a lot of nice um, runoff comments and awards and things like that because of it, but it's just who we are. You know, um, I spent 
the better part of yesterday um, you know, with our pride community of interest thinking about and talking about how to respond to the shooting in Colorado Springs. It's, you know, when you get into this rhythm of supporting your community and, and you know, we do that through you know, my department, but also through our employee resource groups and through employees who have paid time off to volunteer, you know, it's, you're always like, how can I help? How can I respond? How can we be better? Um, and, you know, yesterday was a really hard day. We got on a town hall with our, our Pride ERG and we, you know, cried together. And then we thought about what we can do, what we could do to support the victims. Um, and it's not something that's lost on me that, that that particular kind of support started here in South Florida during the Parkland tragedy. But, you know, it's, you have to band together in times like that and, and figure out how to support. So. Um, it's just the rhythm of who we are really at UKG and it's of course who I am, um, you know, throughout this whole conversation, but it's, it's really important that companies, you know, have that responsibility to, to solution for problems. And you might not serve all areas, you know, at UKG, we support health, human services, public safety, and education. You might choose one of those and really go deep into that, but you've got to choose something that, that you're passionate about and find a place where you can make a difference, whether you're a company or an individual or a family, um, you know, everyone has the power to make things a little bit better for someone else. And how nice it must be to be on the other side and give people an opportunity. That's amazing. Building on all that, I'm trying to understand how you have time to just exist. You are involved in, like you were talking about earlier, the National MS Society, ARC Broward, Winterfest, CF, on and on and on. Uh, like as one person, you're volunteering at all of these places. When do you sleep? When do you just have time to just be Heather? Uh, this is Heather. <laughs> I mean, sure, like everybody needs downtime. And I'm actually really, Rachel, I've really been working on that lately. If, um, if you follow me on Instagram, you're seeing me post a lot of like really annoying meditation quotes lately because I have been prioritizing doing a little bit of meditation every morning, just getting centered. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I'm changing kind of careers, even though I'm in the same place and I'm doing a little bit of what I did before, but I just felt like it was a time for kind of a reset and reprioritization, but none of that would be the exclusion of what I do for the community because that's what really uh, makes me feel alive. Um, you know, certainly I love to spend time with my family and, and travel and, and get away from it all from time to time. But um, I think Seth will attest to the fact that there's never been a time that I have not answered the phone. So, um, you know, I try to be really available for what's important. And I think this community and of course the other communities that we touch, particularly in, in Massachusetts, um, but really where all, all across the country and around the globe are, is so important. And you know, what, what gives you more purpose than, than, you know, supporting one another. A lifetime passion for helping others and the desire to activate it has made Heather Geronimus a face of philanthropy in South Florida and throughout the country. If you're interested in supporting the 2023 Walk Like Mad and Mad Dash Fort Lauderdale event, you can visit walklikemad.org or check this episode's show notes. For more information on the Jason Taylor Foundation, please visit jasontaylorfoundation.org. Thanks again for joining us on the Community Hall of Fame podcast. We hope you will subscribe and rate the show and be sure to share this episode with someone you feel is ready to make a difference in their community too.